new ideas, thought-leading opinions and the latest ways of working. This is the School Leadership Podcast. Hello and welcome to the final School Leadership Podcast of the year, brought to you as it always is by NAHT and NAHT Edge. In this seasonal episode, we're discussing resilience and why it's such an important trait for school leaders to have. Engaging content and revealing insights. In conversation with James Bowen. Here we are then with our December episode and our guest is Andy Wolfe. Andy is the Deputy Chief Education Officer for the Church of England and he leads the Church's Foundation for Educational Leadership. Andy's got a particular interest in the role that resilience plays in effective school leadership and he's someone who's written extensively on this topic. Having this all-important conversation with Andy is our Director of Policy, James Bowen, who found out more about Andy's work and started by asking him to explain exactly what he meant by the term resilience. Resilience is one of the most common education buzzwords of our time, and we often talk about um, it as a kind of magic ethereal concept, that if we all had it, it would all be okay. You know, if only the children were more resilient if only the teachers were more resilient if only the budget was more resilient i mean even um we sometimes even at the moment say if only our nation was more resilient so it it it, it it's kind of seen as a kind of um sort of magical quality that if we all had it, it would all be all be okay but actually in a in a british context at least it often gets um I think a little bit misused and miscaricatured as talking about just determination, getting through tough times, um, grit, uh, coping. Um, and, and actually it's quite an uninspiring, um, concept in many ways. Um, one of the head teachers that I was working with, uh, she said, resilience is coping till I retire, which doesn't sound like a particularly inspiring, uh, poster for your study wall um in terms of what what the word actually means it li- it comes from a latin root which which means to come back to the same place but actually i think any of us who've worked in challenging circumstances um and obviously leading in schools frequently um presented with major challenges if we had to think about the times when we grow the most um, in our leadership or in our character is probably um, in the most challenging times. So while we might not relish those times, um, either as an individual or as a group or a senior leadership team, it's actually in those times where we grow, grow, grow the most. And so resilience actually can be rethought to be um, actually a, a, a growth opportunity and uh, and a team building opportunity and 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 one where something positive is going on in 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 the challenge and that's not is there partly then is it is that partly about looking differently on some of those challenging times is that partly what resilience is about not just Sarah you seeing them as a negative but saying there might be something positive from this challenge I'm going through yeah I I think so I think I think if you know whether you are in education or in politics or in business or in sport or you know whatever or even on a personal level in family or in a relationship you know if if you look back over time probably most people would 
acknowledge that that while they might not have sought that particular challenge, um, it's often those moments that that lead to their their, their greatest growth. You know, classically, you'll hear um, business people who, you know, on on reflecting on their sort of amazing business empire that they've grown, um, you know, they they they're able to explain that. They, they've been really motivated by trying to put something right earlier in their life that hadn't gone particularly well or um, a sports team that, you know, turns out to be hugely successful, often driven by the cha- by facing the challenge together of, 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 of real failure. So and I, and I think we can see that 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 is, you know, pretty normal experience in 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 school school life you know throughout a normal academic year every senior leadership team or governing body is going to face some pretty big challenges some of them will be expected and predictable and others will be really unexpected and very difficult to anticipate but you know i think if i think back to the times where i would have been in those situations and and now in my national role you you know when you come together to talk about that issue whether it be uh, predictable or not you know, of course, you get out your, um, your planning documents and your spreadsheets and your budgets and everything. But fundamentally, it's a human question of am, am I still in? You know, we, we, it's a it's a it's it's a moment where you're deciding to stick with one another despite the challenge and, and, and grow and grow grow through it. And I'm just wondering whether or not there's any danger that by focusing on this idea of resilience and becoming more resilient, that we're somehow kind of downplaying some of those genuine pressures on school leaders. You know, it can't be a case of, oh, you just need to be more resilient. Actually, sometimes we also need to look at the, the, the very thing that's causing the pressure in the first place. Is there any danger with downplaying that if we're not careful? I think I think that is one of the great dangers of the word because um, it's used frequently as a kind of catch all answer to any problems that we're facing. You know, that would be true. For, for the young people that we're working with um, and the, you know, the increasing pressure that they're under in terms of exam performance. Um, it would be true of our the budgets that we're working with. It would be true of recruitment and retention issues, you know, all of those kinds of things. It's quite an easy um, plaster almost to say, well, you know, we just need to be more resilient. You know, we need to just get, get through. Uh, and actually, I think... W- it's a it's a useful concept in many ways, but it, but but we need to take seriously the ability to name those uh, those challenges and to define reality ac- accurately. Um, so I think really the first step towards building resilience is naming the challenges accurately, um, e- even when that's painful or difficult to, to to do so. And I think I think typically we're not good at that, um, or, or or we end up getting caricatured as just moaning about difficulties without offering any solutions but you know we need we need to be confident enough and build teams that are confident to name name challenges together and own 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 them together and can you offer school leaders any advice when it comes to getting that balance right between knowing when actually there's the time to really be thinking about being more resilient and actually when's the right time to be seeking support if you like I think I think one one really tangible example that 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 we'll you know we'll see we'll see in in most of our schools in the coming um, weeks and early part of the autumn term classically 
we'll be introducing new things. Um, you know, there'll be um, all kinds of new things coming up for this academic year. Some of them will be motivated by the leaders within the school, some of them responding to new challenges or pressures externally. And um, we're not we're not great at at recognizing that to do a new thing well, we need to also consider what we're not going to do. So you wouldn't so say, so for example, you wouldn't you wouldn't find many, you know, SLT meetings in September called what are we going to stop doing this year, um, which which actually would be a quite a helpful way of thinking about how we're going to realistically move move towards the, the new things that we're seeking seeking to do and then i think the other the other aspect is that it we need to um you know we need to be more confident about talking about well-being and mental health issues in school life uh, it's not a it's not um something that has been given an enormous amount of attention historically although that is changing rapidly at the moment and that's a that's a good that's a good thing because we need to recognize that it's important to be able to to share about those those things and and build a build teams that are confident enough to do so because of the you know the relational capital that they have with one another. And do you think resilience is is one of those things we can get better at? Is there an element of you're born with a certain amount of natural resilience? Do you think, or, or can we develop it? I think that. Um, D- different people's characters respond in different ways to challenges, but I, but I, but I think actually facing difficult situations frequently can build our resilience. I mean, again, it's not necessary we would seek those experiences. You know, we wouldn't necessarily skip into school in the morning hoping for something to go wrong just so we have an opportunity to grow. But, but it, in 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 some ways that teachers are well placed to think about this because it's actually what they seek to facilitate in their classrooms you know learning happens really when students get something wrong first or it doesn't go quite right you know children love to repeat what they can do already and and dwell in that sort of confidence space but we you know great great teachers know know how to create the conditions for young people to you know to safely push themselves and get and get things wrong and we, what we're seeking um for our young people is it in learning is not so different from what we're seeking in in adults but the ch- but the challenges that we but we, we frequently don't have the patience to let that let, let, let that grow so I do, I do think you can become better in it i think you can become um more adept in it but i think that is a corporate social process because it's very difficult to do that if your team more broadly is not supportive in that context and i'm wondering whether or not resilience is one of those things you only can kind of realize you've developed retrospectively if that makes sense and actually sometimes what we need to do after those challenging events is to evaluate what happened but also if you like give ourselves a bit of credit for coming through them and acknowledge the resilience that has developed so is it a kind of retrospective uh, thing that happens there do you think yeah, I mean, I think I think it would be that's a that's a really interesting question. I, th- I think it'd be I think it'd be quite difficult to say, you know, what am I going to try and um, improve on this year? My resilience. Okay, I've got a resilience growth plan or something. I think that'd be quite difficult to to do that. But I 
think I think I think we do need to get better at 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 debriefing and evaluating things that have happened. Not simply so how can we ensure this doesn't happen again or how can we avoid this? But it the reality of school leadership is that there will be other things that go wrong this year and 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 our our you know our, our vision for education in terms of focusing on hope is not it's not that glibly everything will go okay but it's about coping wisely with things and people going wrong and that's 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 the reality of 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 leading in 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 a school um so so i think that's that's helpful i mean another thing that we are really interested in our leadership development with the church of england in in exploring is the role of appropriate professional supervision for leaders um you know it's a it, it it our sector is not one where this is particularly well embedded there are pockets of good practice but where whereas in other parts of um society you know in social work or counseling or psychotherapy or whatever you know supervision is a really important part of professional practice and the amount of emotional strain that head teachers and middle leaders and pastoral leaders and are are, are under but having to carry all of that themselves you know there's something you know really important about exploring what that could look like um in order to support people's effective debrief of challenging moments and i was wondering about that have you given much thought to how that might work in practice do you envisage is that teachers supporting one another is it external support i'm just how would that play out in a school do you think well i think i I think the the you know the strength of relationships between teachers and between leaders is a crucial part of our own professional development but also our our own personal sustainability and our and our energy and our vision and our passion for the role you know i'm you know most most leaders i'm sure will be able to think i would hope they would be able to call to mind a particular person who for, for whom they have that informal ability to debrief and and um, to celebrate when things are going well and also to lean on when things are not going so well but i think supervision is probably something a little bit different to that which is uh something external to your own organization that enables you to process and and reflect and and deal well with not just with the challenges but with the successes as well and but offering that objective view and that's something that would be um, you know, potentially really positive as a way of supporting um, school leaders, and and also just recognising that there will be challenges. You know, and and um, you know, we don't we 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 don't need to be surprised by them necessarily, but we do need to have that kind of sense of hope and aspiration that 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 drives us. And I know from you know some of the stuff you've written in the past, one of the things you've talked about is this idea that. Sometimes perhaps school leaders need to be a bit more open and honest um, with others about the challenges that they face. Why do you think that's important? I think that um, I don't know. I think I, I think I think the the pressure the pressure is it is high for for us as leaders to perform consistently and for every school to be on a consistent 
upward trajectory um, of improvement of everything. There's a kind of meta-narrative in our system where, which says that everything needs to be improved, and and it under underlying that is is whatever you're doing, it's not quite good enough yet. And the ability for us to name some of that and share that with one another isn't simply about having a you know a, a good friend to accompany you on on the journey um is that is actually to be more honest about the challenges that we're facing and and recognize that we're stronger when we face those um face those together we're stronger when we face those challenges together that's really important in a in a team culture you know that if if you're in in a team where you don't feel able to share what you're struggling with or the challenges facing you for fear of judgment then you know that that's a fairly unhealthy cycle um and i think increasingly it's important between schools as well however they um technically relate with one another um you know we're seeing in the terms of the networks that we run you know there's um they've grown so rapidly i mean this time last year there was maybe a hundred schools nationally involved in our peer support network now there's nearly um nearly 900 involved and it's because we're offering a space for leaders to come together and work on shared leadership development priorities in a non-judgmental way and 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 that that's really i think that's really important for us to look outwards as well as and and it starts with that honesty of being able to define reality accurately and then the other thing I, I, I've read where you've written about is this idea of hope being the lifeblood of leadership, which is a really nice phrase. And I was wondering if you could expand a bit more on that. Um, well, I guess um, the word hope is is pretty interesting in lots of ways. In it, it, there probably wouldn't be many schools that would say, oh, well, we don't think that's important. We're all about hopelessness and despair. But actually... When you think about what education is all about, you know, hope is pretty important to the whole project of education. You know, if you, they'll be important for every teacher when they read their class list at the start of the term. You know, hope is what great teachers, um, it's their pedagogical posture. It's how they approach learning. You know, you, you, you have a vision of the future for your young people that they don't, yet no exists and 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 i think that um hope is a really practical um nuts and bolts thing as well as a rhetorical thing you know the church of england vision for education is built on four areas wisdom knowledge and skills hope and aspiration community and living well together in dignity and respect and this sense of hope you know what does that actually mean it might mean how do we approach the curriculum so how do we um, convey elements of social justice within the curriculum how do we address you know what professor michael young calls the kind of middle class cultural subsidy in our curriculum design or it might be about setting or grouping students by ability how hopeful is that process and i think i think that's the same for us as as leaders as well you know as we as we launch into a new academic year we want to we, we want to do that full of full of hope but recognize that we also you know as leaders carry that for other people so it it's it's well beyond a kind of mission statement or a slogan on the wall um hope, you know hope that's that's what great leaders do isn't it that's what they that's what they do in communities it's what 
it's what they do um, with their teams and they offer a poss- they offer possibilities and that's and that's you know what great teachers do what great leaders um do do as well and i think in terms of it driving us on in terms of well, you, you know you have to you have to have that short and long term vision of what you're trying to achieve you know we often use this quote that vision is a picture of the future that produces passion it's a moment where you think gosh i'd love to be part of that you know and that's a sense you know that's that's what you do with children in the classroom that's what they that's how you excite them about it that's how they get motivated and it's exactly the same in many ways with um with leading adults that is it for this episode and indeed for this year we really hope that you enjoyed our piece with andy as well as all the other great guests that we brought to you during the year 2019. Now, of course, it is possible to go back and listen to all the previous episodes on both Apple Podcasts and Spotify as well. We'll see you in 2020, but in the meantime, from everyone at NAHT and NAHT Edge, Merry Christmas and a very Happy New Year. Your feedback and suggestions are always welcome. Our email is info at naht.org.uk. NAHT is a professional association and union for school leaders. NAHT Edge is the part of our association aimed specifically at aspirational middle leaders. To discover more about the benefits of being an NAHT Edge or NAHT member, go online to nahtedge.org.uk forward slash join or www.naht.org.uk forward slash join. You can also follow our Twitter accounts on social media. They are at NAHT Edge and at NAHT News.